Hi, welcome to Deep Into Sleep podcast. I'm Dr. Shan, a licensed clinical psychologist, board-certified behavioral sleep medicine specialist, and adjunct clinical faculty at Stanford School of Medicine. So, are you struggling with getting up in the morning? Do you find yourself often wide awake at night? Do you have these sleep challenges since you are a child, or anyone else around you call you lazy? You know, actually, this may not be laziness. Instead, it possibly could be some type of disorders, and may need medical attention. So, in the episode one hundred forty-three, I interviewed my colleague Dr. Silverman, and we discussed this type of sleep disorder called delayed sleep phase disorder. So after that video was published, I got so many great comments. Among all these comments, there's one comment from Isis Chatteler really caught my eyes. She said in the comment, "Let's let me share with you. Thank you. It's so refreshing to hear a medical doctor talk about this problem. I have a sleep window of 6 a.m. to 2 p.m." I have tried everything under the sun to change it: melatonin, light therapy, chronotherapy. Nothing works. My body wants to sleep when the sun comes up. Telling someone with DSPD to just go to bed earlier is like telling someone with an eating disorder to just eat something or just stop vomiting. It's useless, annoying, offensive, bullshit advice. Also, people with DSPD are not lazy. I work out every day. I run my own business and two YouTube channels. I wrote a novel and I'm working on a second one. My house is always clean, organized, and dust-free. My life is productive and happy because I sleep during my natural sleep window. I'm not going to give myself an addiction to sleep medications to fit myself into society's version of normal. It's great comment, right? So after reading her comment, I invited her to the show. So today, Isis will share with us how she managed to design a life that makes her happy while living with delayed sleep phase disorder. So don't walk away. We will be right back. Do you struggle with falling asleep at night? After waking up, are you so sleepy that you cannot focus? Are you tired of drinking coffee all day long? Are you worried how your poor sleep may harm your health? CBTI method is an evidence-based first-line treatment for insomnia. So if you have insomnia, I'm sure CBTI can help you. Even just sleep better for several nights, it could be such a transforming experience for you. I have had so much success with my CBTI insomnia treatment course over the years. Check it out here at mindbodygarden.com/insomnia. Hi, Essence. Welcome to Deep Into Sleep podcast. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. I was so shocked when I got your message that、uh, <laughs> after I commented on one of your YouTube videos, I was like, "You want me to come on? Really? Okay." I was so <laughs> shocked and excited. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. So glad to have you.、Um, I know we met each other online 
when I post the video, uh, the discussion between myself and Dr. Silverman mm-hmm. talk about, you know, delay the sleep phase syndrome. Mm-hmm. And you share some of your personal experience there in the comments. And for me, I really want to raise everyone's awareness to understand more. There are certain sleep conditions, every individual struggles that may look different from person to person, but it could be very serious. It could impact our life in many different ways. And I really want to help spread out the word and help us to understand to how to take it seriously. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Because <laughs> it's, it's very frustrating having this disorder and being branded as lazy, or just not motivated by people when it's just, it's, if there was a way to change it, I think I would have found it. I sure, I've tried everything under the sun to control it or modify it, but it's just, it's just, I've just kind of learned to live with it because it's like, I can't change it. Yeah. So share, if, if you are open to mm-hmm. it, I would like to hear your journey. Like for you, what does it look like for you? And uh, when was the first time you start realizing or suspicious, get suspicious about hmm, something is not quite right? Well, my mom said when I was a baby, I would be wide awake at midnight. I mean, even when I was an infant, I just wanted to be awake at night. And she said, you know, it was just always, it was just always like, like ingrained into my DNA to be a night owl. Mm. Um, mm. my earliest memory is being attacked in my sleep by my uncle, um, being thrown on the floor and his house when I was asleep at his house, he's a psychopath. And I, I, when I was a child, I had all the traits of someone who was molested but around age two or three years old. So, um, Dr. Silverman said on your podcast that it's, um, neurological and psychological. So for me, well, she said it was neurological. And I think for a lot of people that I know that come from stable, loving homes who have this disorder, it's neurological. They're like me. They cannot fall asleep before a set hour. Um, it's usually anywhere from two o'clock to six o'clock in the morning. And they come from incredibly loving, stable homes, but it's just maybe their grandfather had it or their father had it it because it tends to be genetic. Um, For myself, personally, I think for me, I have delayed an insomnia due to my traumatic childhood. So both of those have combined into like the perfect storm of I can never fall asleep. So that's been my personal journey. But yeah, even before any of the abuse occurred, I came into this world wanting to wake up at midnight as as an infant. So wow. So part of that sounds like in your journey, part of that is uh, neurological, part of that possibly psychological, related to trauma, related to fear at night. Yes, yes, Mm. definitely. And my father-in-law is so similar to me. Um, My my husband is wonderful. His parents are wonderful. Like I found a new family after I left the old dysfunctional family. So it has a happy ending. But my father-in-law's mother was a borderline and so he grew up in an environment that no child should ever have to grow up in and he can't sleep either so you know we're always exchanging try this try that you know (laughs) this worked for me well why can't you you know he says I I understand him on a level that no one else can because of my uh, my own childhood so yeah so I you know I've seen it with people who it's just like ingrained into their DNA and I've seen it with people who you know obviously childhood trauma 
has an effect on your overall sleep. So I think for me, it's a combination of, of the two. It's like a perfect mm. storm. Yeah. It must be hard to not be able to sleep. First, you cannot fall asleep mm -hmm. uh, if it's insomnia, but also naturally yes. you have this late tendency. Yeah. How did you navigate for the day-to-day -day function? Well, uh, thank God my husband is a night owl too. I think he has this disorder too, but his is more, you know, three o'clock to 11. He works in restaurants. So thank God. I mean, I couldn't be married to someone who had a nine-to-five job. So that's been a blessing that we're both night owls. Um, you know, I, um, I have, you know, night jobs. I tutor and teach children online after school. So that three o'clock to nine, 9 PM window is my work schedule working with kids. Um, you know, I teach English and English as a second language and, and, uh, um, social studies. So, and then I have my own online business where I can, you know, make and produce my products any time of the day that I want. So, yeah, when I was in my 20s, right out of college, my mom was trying to force me into that nine to five lifestyle. She had a very rigid um, per, um, personality and view on the world. And it was like, you work nine to five. That's what everyone does. That's normal. That's just what you're going to have to do. And trying to be forced into that, I would show up at these, you know, office jobs at 9 a.m. like a zombie, like I was awake but like my brain was not technically awake. So like I would not really oh. get any work done until like after lunch, you know, that's when oh, I would wow. be productive. So I just kind of, I had to say, this is not working for me. I cannot do these early morning jobs. It's just, mm -hmm. I'm not productive. And, you know, the bosses would get angry at me for, you know, even, and I was always late because I could never wake up and I would always go into work looking like a drowned rat, you know, like just splash oh. the water on, <laughs> throw the curly hair up into a frizzy bun and walk in like something out of Night of the Living Dead. Um, that's what I would feel like, you know, so um, high school was, I almost didn't graduate high school because of the tardiness, because, you know, my high school started at like 6.20 in the morning or 7.20 in the morning, something ridiculous. I think wow. schools try to hammer into to, to um, teenagers, like, you know, if they could just start school at 7.20 and get teenagers used to that, then obviously by the time they graduated, they'd be able to get to work by 9 a.m., no problem. I think they do it, try to like mold you like a piece of clay to for these early morning jobs, it was not successful in my case. It did not work. Yeah. So I almost didn't graduate. I just slid by. Um, I really I hated being a teenager um, because of the trauma. Um, I didn't have a lot of friends. So I was also not motivated to get up and go to high school because I was miserable when I was there. So, mm. um, yeah, I mean, thankfully, as an adult, I've been able to carve out um, my own hours and I don't know if I would have been so motivated to like start my own online business or get motivated to work with students after school and because I, I I like teaching but I can't do the classroom teaching um but yeah my my sleep schedule has definitely motivated me to carve out a life where I can have my own hours and, and you know function on my own schedule yeah, that's wonderful. I think that's enough to be a very positive motivation for you yeah. and uh, push you to explore. 
And also sounds like the foundation is you have to understand yourself very well. Mm-hmm. You understand what kind of schedule is tolerable and is comfortable. Understand, you know, not only be aware, but also sounds like you are able to accept uh, you are just not able to be productive in the morning. Exactly. I know a lot of people struggle with this acceptance piece. They are trying to push themselves to fit into the social norm. Yes. If everyone else starts working in the morning and that's what the work my boss expects from me, I should try my best mm-hmm. to meet that, right? Yes. So, but I know people with this kind of uh, disorder or struggle with, with these specific issues it's just hard naturally yes. since it's part of that is neurological. Mm-hmm. So how, how you really going to fight with your brain and your body, mm-hmm. that's very difficult. I'm very happy for you that you are able to design a life that, you know, is comfortable for you based on all this awareness, understanding and acceptance of where you are, who you are. Thank you. Yeah. I, you know, I think a lot of people who have to kind of break out of the norm the box, you know, I think our 20s are kind of about leaving the family that we, you know, came from. And a lot of people have to break out of a lot of norms, like, you know, people who, you know, the LGBTQ community, they have to break out of the norms of like, you know, what their parents' version of love is or sexuality is, you know. And so, uh, you know, a lot of us, I think our 20s are usually spent like figuring out our own sleep schedules, our sexuality, what we like, what we don't like, you know. I also have decided not to have children because of my sleep disorder and and other reasons oh. too. I felt like I didn't have a childhood. So I felt like I had to raise myself when I was a child because there was no one else around. And when they were around, it was worse. So, um, you know, for a lot of reasons, you know, I, I, I have, you know, we've decided not to have kids. So my life is very unconventional. And a lot of people are not comfortable with my choices and my lifestyle. And, you know, that's, that's okay. You know, you don't have to be friends with everyone, Mm -hmm. but, you know, usually I find people who are more interesting and more creative and, you know, just have more to share with me and who I want to be friends with are people who are kind of abnormal. I don't like people who are like, I get up at six and I go to bed at eight o'clock and I have 2.5 kids, you know, the standard, I just, I usually don't vibe with that because I'm so unconventional myself. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And I agree. So not everyone understands that. And like Mm -hmm. you mentioned, in your early years, you possibly have more negative comments from mm. uh, family members or I don't know whether from teachers or peers. Because commonly, oh we associate this as laziness, like you mentioned, right? That's such oh. a big stigma and la- big label on you. Yes. And, you know, and it's crazy because I was reading about like, there's this theory that why people have delayed sleep phase disorders when when we were way back in our pro-magnum days, you know, the, the foundations of humanity, if everyone slept at the same time, like, uh, you know, a predator could have wandered into the camp and, and killed people in the sleep. The fire would have got out and then we would have frozen to death in the winter uh, and a warring tribe could have invaded us in the middle of the night. So there had to be night owls that were awake at night when other people were sleeping in order for the safety of the tribe. And so it's just, you know, it's kind of like it was beneficial for our society at the beginning to have some people 
with a neurological sleep that was just way later and they could stay up and keep watching. So I think that why people have delayed sleep phase disorder is because through the centuries, that night owl gene, I think, has just come and been reborn in so many people. Um, but yeah, the laziness thing in, you know, in the United States, we're very, very puritanical in terms of like, you know, the Puritans, unfortunately, affected our like work mentality in this country, which I don't know why, because I think they did. I live really close to Salem, Massachusetts. I think they did everything wrong uh, based upon, you know, their history. So this 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 puritanical you have to wake up when the sun comes up uh, attitude is really, really, you know, ingrained into our culture in, in the United States. And for myself and for everyone who has the sleep disorder, we are told that just go to bed earlier, just lay down in the dark and close your eyes and you'll fall asleep. And that is just, it's so frustrating. That's like telling an alcoholic, just don't drive by the bar and then you won't have a tendency to go in there. You don't need to go to AA. Just don't buy any alcohol. Don't drive by the bar. That's like telling someone with an eating disorder, just digest something. Just just to digest something. It's like our bodies are more complicated than that, you know? Um, and so if I get, if I take the advice, if I like get in bed at midnight and close my eyes and I don't watch TV or go on the computer because the blue light, you know, and I drink herbal tea and take melatonin and get in bed at midnight, what will happen is I will lie there from midnight until 6 a.m., wide awake thinking about all the things I could be getting done if I was awake and lying there frustrated not sleeping and usually my body rebels like if I try to force myself to go to bed early my body will stay awake for longer it's like rebelling to the fact that I got in bed and so instead of falling asleep at five o'clock my body will keep me awake until seven eight o'clock if I try to force myself to go to bed earlier it's like this rebellious thing in my subconscious and then um it, it just doesn't work the only thing that makes me sleep is melatonin I mean not melatonin um Ambien the prescription medication oh. Ambien melatonin if I take melatonin or um any of the over-the-counter um, stuff if I get in bed at like midnight and take that stuff what will happen is it will not put me to sleep because my body refuses to sleep until my natural cycle which is 6 a.m so if I take all that over-the-counter stuff trying to knock myself out basically what happens is it doesn't help me fall asleep it just makes me fall asleep longer so that when I do fall asleep I'll sleep way later because I've got all those chemicals in my system keeping me asleep that won't leave my system. So yeah, over-the-counter stuff does not work. And it's 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 just, you know, nothing will make me fall asleep other than Ambien. And if I had to take Ambien five days a week for a normal job, I would get addicted to it. Um, so yeah, the only way I could force myself into a norm is to give myself an addiction to a sleep medication. That's the only way I could be normal and fit into other people's versions of expectations of when you're supposed to get up and when you're supposed to sleep and my father-in-law you know I've watched him struggle to get off of medications that he's gotten dependent upon for his sleep disorder so I will not take an Ambien more than like twice a week because I don't want my body to get so dependent upon it I mean I love it when I take it because it's like 
the magic light switch. I want it to sleep awake. Yeah, I want it my whole life to be able to switch it on and off like a switch, but I can't. But the Ambien is the only thing that works, but I know it's kind of like, it's great. But if I take it every night, it's it's going to do bad things for my system in the long run. So that's my yeah, journey. Yeah, definitely. I think you touched on several really important uh, points that how the society, right, even some medical providers are suggesting people and train us in a way that, oh, you have to do what in order to sleep, in order to fit into the norm. Mm -hmm. And even you use these sleep medications or force yourself to sleep and somehow can get up at a normal hour, uh, is that really productive? Is that really just not lazy? It's on the surface level, yes, you, you are there physically mm-hmm. and okay, you are not lazy. But deep down, you know, your attention and your brain still need time to warm up, mm-hmm. right? And uh, that's that's just the internal struggle. It becomes more invisible. Yeah. And, you know, for anyone for this disorder, my advice would be um, don't give yourself an addiction to sleep medication, trying to hammer yourself into somebody else's version of normal, because long-term it's going to be so bad for your health to have that. And yeah. then what happens is if you take too many sleeping pills, eventually you kind of build up a tolerance for it. And then the sleeping pills don't work anymore, but then you've carved out this life where you're so dependent upon the sleeping pills to get you up you know, make you sleep so you can get up for work the next day. It's just, it becomes an addic- a drug addiction. And so, uh, yeah, the fact that a lot of people would think that that would, that would be the healthy choice, just because that's what society's norm is. It, that's just kind of insane that that would be someone's, you know, opinion that that would be the healthy thing for someone with this sleep disorder to do. That's insane to me. Right. So I feel like if you have both delayed face, um, uh, disorder and also insomnia Mm -hmm. i think uh you can treat them separately right Mm -hmm. i think they need different strategies now the best first line treatment for insomnia is cp cbt for insomnia cbti cognitive behavior therapy for insomnia so that is a uh therapy um proved by a lot of clinical trials and a lot of research that you don't have to rely on sleeping pills but it's a lot of uh, cognitive work and uh, behavioral change to help you rethink about sleep, to understand sleep, to cl- clarify some sleep misperceptions. Mm-hmm. So you will have less sleep anxiety that can help you, right? When it's your uh, natural sleep clock, you can fall asleep. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, for the um, delayed sleep phase, I think that's something different. Once you handle the sleep anxiety and you need to think about, like you mentioned, how can you respect your own circadian rhythm to respect your own needs from your body, from your brain, when you want to sleep, when you want to wake up. Mm-hmm. And uh, sounds like if if anyone you know in, in your shoes can, is able to carve their life, out in a way to have more flexibility, uh, that would be better, right? I, I definitely think, and I'm glad that like our society is slowly becoming less nine to five oriented. You know, I think with the great 
resignation that happened uh, a couple last year or the year before where everyone was just going through this period where they're like, I don't want to do these jobs. I don't want to be chained to this desk. You know, I think that a lot of things are happening where people are developing online businesses. People are selling things online. There's a lot of gig economy. People can work, you know, hours that they want. So I think it's like, I'm so glad I'm alive today. If I was an adult in like the 1980s, um, I think it would have been a lot harder to, to find a night job that you can actually do. I'm glad that our our world is slowly becoming more, you know, um, flexible and accessible for people who need night jobs. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really, really grateful for that. And, you know, I, the, the stigma that, what drives me craziest about it is that if you have the sleep disorder, you're lazy. People get so judgmental about how lazy you are. Um, you know, and I'm trying really hard, like we all have 24 hours in a day to, to, you know, work with, to sleep in and to be awake in and to get things done in. So if someone is sleeping eight hours and they're sleeping this exact same, um, you know, amount of hours as someone who's getting up at seven o'clock in the morning, why is it lazier just to sleep at a different time? You know, and, and I think it's, you know, it's really unfair just to brand someone that, I mean, I, like I said in my YouTube comments, it's like, I work out five days a week. I'm really into like, you know, staying physically fit. So I work out five days a week. My house is really clean because I have a dust allergy. So I'm, I, you know, I keep my house really neat. I, you know, get all the laundry done. I have to vacuum every week or my sinuses get bad. You know, I run my own business. I wrote a novel. I run my YouTube channel and my husband's YouTube channel and, and have a day job that, you know, makes me money. So it's just like, I get a lot more done than a lot of people who, you know, have the nine to five job get done in a day you know and anyone yeah. who knows me would not would not define me as lazy I mean if my mother or father-in-law needs something done they call me because I they know I can go in and just like fix their computer in 10 minutes or organize this and get this done this unpacked they're like they're like they know that I'm the one that like done you know and I think I have that in my personality is kind of like I've developed that as sort of a rebellious quality against people calling me lazy because I have this neurological sleep disorder that is completely uncontrollable. So. Yeah. Oh, I totally love that. I think this is such a, you know, key point. I hope everyone who is, who are listening or watching can really uh, get it. Is that it's really mindset change to think about, right? You work from nine to five with a lunch break versus you work from maybe uh, 2 p.m. Mm -hmm. up to 9 or 10 p.m., mm -hmm. right? You could be equally productive or if you are this, this time window is the best for you, you possibly could be even more productive. Exactly. Mm -hmm. What's the difference? Right. Yeah. Why why does it matter? As long as you're taking care of yourself, you're taking care of your health, you're taking care of, you know, the health and of uh, the people you love, you know, your children and you know, your husband and or your pets or your your, you know, in-laws or your parents. It's just like if everything in your life is harmonious and healthy and balanced, then why does it matter, you know, what hours you sleep? 
I, I, you know, we just have this stigma. And so, you know, to anyone listening out there who has this, do not let anyone call you lazy just because you sleep during a different schedule. It's kind of like, it feels like the best way I can point it out is like jet lag. It's like you are eternally jet lagged with the rest of the world. And, you know, for people who have this, you know, I, I, uh, Sarah uh, Silverman was talking about how she, you know, runs her medical practice at later hours Mm -hmm. she's you know um but if she has children she's going to have to force herself to get back into that earlier thing that's another reason why I you know I've decided not to have kids because I hate it getting up so early in the morning to get to school and if I have a child it's just like how am I going to tell them that you have to do this and this is the the thing that you have to do when I couldn't do it it just I would have to homeschool them or have some sort of alternative you know um but you know that ship has sailed <laughs> me and my husband have decided not to um but one of the main reasons is it's just like I know that schools operate so early that I can't do it you know right right yeah totally understand mm-hmm. it's a uh, you are making the best decision for your own life right yeah. and respect yourself respect your partners you know once you're happy because social norms, all kinds of social norms are decided by human beings. Yeah. And as we are changing, as we are realizing, you know, there's a lot of di- varieties in the society. I think eventually so-called social norm will change. Yeah. And we, we all start making different life choices, family choices. And I think family structure also been changing over the years. Definitely. And including marriage and children, all these different life choices. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where people are, you know, living uh, older and older. And so, you know, women are having babies so much later. A lot of women are having babies in their 40s. And you know, people are adopting mm-hmm. in their 50s because lifespan and life expectancy is just shot up, you know, the past couple of decades. People are like living to 100. Um you know, and a lot of, you know, I was raised in a very a traditional Italian family. My brothers were very, very, one of them committed suicide. So I don't think that this was particularly happy for them, but they did what society said, which was to get married, uh, you know, around age 22, which I think is ridiculous because it's like your brain isn't even fully formed by then, you know, so they got uh, married early. They had the kids and I saw them not particularly happy you know, kind of like running on the treadmill of life, doing what everyone expected them to do. You know, other social norms that have changed is like, you know, a couple of years ago, gay people couldn't even come out of the closet. And transgender would have been like something that was considered like, you know, so ridiculously abnormal. And so, you know, there's a lot of things about our society that and a lot of norms and social things that we conform to that thank goodness are changing because it, it needs to change and you know branding people lazy for sleeping on a different schedule than everyone else is just one norm out of many 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 that needs to change and is thankfully slowly changing yeah yeah wonderful i think all these are very great message for hopefully everyone can get and uh, really resonate it and think about it and right, I want to say to whoever listening and watching, if you struggle with some kind of uh, circadian rhythm misalignment and you feel like you're different from the rest of the society, don't label yourself as lazy yet, right? Yes. Try to really observe the symptoms, seek professional advice and do some professional checkups 
really try to diagnose and understand what's the reason, what's the issues you're dealing with exactly. Because there are so many sleep disorders. You may have this one we are talking about, or you maybe there's something else in the picture, right? So get a diagnose and get some professional advice from uh, sleep doctors, sleep specialists. And I think there's a lot of coping strategies out there. There are a lot of treatments available, right? And it also depends on where you are in your life. If you are able to um, carve out and design a life like ISIS, this is great. I really admire you to you. figure out this life journey and it seems like you're very happy and that's awesome. And for other listeners, you know, if you are not there yet, I'm sure there's still a lot of professional resources uh, can help you cope with it and try to navigate your life possibly better than you are struggling alone in the dark. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, it's so wonderful that we have, you know, podcasts like yours and YouTube channels like yours and, you know, the internet with other doctors, you know, talking about this because when I had this as a teenager, there was no information available and doctors would just, you know, I'd go to my like pediatrician and they would just be like, go to bed earlier. Um, So I'm so grateful that like, medical professionals are actually studying this and taking this seriously now um so people with this are not just like sort of written off as like the hopeless lazy ones who are not going to achieve anything with their lives and so yeah if you have this disorder you can achieve anything you want in life but you are going to have to carve out um your own path and it's probably going to be a little bit harder because it's not as conformist it's not as traditional but, you know, I, I think I'm, in, I'm I'm grateful in a way that I have this because if I didn't have this, I wouldn't have worked so hard to start my own business and my own YouTube channels and find, you know, teaching jobs that I can do. If I didn't have this, I wouldn't have fought so hard to have a schedule that makes me happy, you know, because I don't yeah. think I would ever have been happy working in a nine to five office job. I'm just not that conformist <laughs> even without my sleep disorder it was making me miserable because I, d- I don't like you know being around people and you know just having to dress a certain way and the rigid conform things that you have to conform to and that lifestyle just were not for me so if I didn't have this I might have settled for a life that didn't make me happy so it's been a curse and a blessing um, one other blessing that it's been is people tell me I look a lot younger than I am. I'm in my late forties and I think having less time out in the sun because of my sleep disorder over the years, it's like making me age really slowly because like, you know, I watch a lot of dermatologists and estheticians on YouTube and they talk about how important it is SPF and sunblock and how important it is. I've always used it, but I also think not being in the sun for as many hours of the day because of my sleep disorder has really helped me look youthful. So I think a lot of people who have this disorder, we look a lot younger than we are because of the sun exposure that we're not getting. So, you know, everything has an upside if you know how to look at it the right way, I think. Right, right. I love that attitude, right? Always the mindset, you can turn something appear to be negative, you can turn it to something very positive mm-hmm. in life. And uh, and hopefully that's very inspiring for many of those who are listening and watching. And never give up hope. 
and uh, um, change your perspective and look at things from different angles. Mm -hmm. And this may not be a bad thing. It possibly, you know, you just need to make some adjustment in your life if you could. Exactly. Exactly. So you could look at it as a, I'm so lazy and I have to hammer myself into society's norm, or you can look at it like I'm not lazy. I just, there's something about me that's different and unconventional, and I have to find a way to carve out my own path because of this. So you can take either choice, you know, but if you have this, yeah. you know, if people who have the sleep disorder, I highly, highly recommend that you don't try to mold yourself into society's norm because it's going to make you sick. It's going to have long-term effects on your health. If you don't, if you do not allow your body to sleep during your natural window, it's going to have really bad effect on your health, especially when you get to old age, you know, you know, like any sort of, you know, repeated um, interruption of your natural sleep cycle can have really, really bad long-term mental and physical health ramifications. So, you know, if you have this, I recommend listen to your own body, you know, it's the yeah. Best yeah. Right. We also encourage a lot of night owls, right? Night owls may not necessarily have this sleep disorder, um, but we always encourage people try to respect your natural sleep windows and try to, if you can, try to sleep close to your natural sleep windows. And that is uh, actually the healthiest method. But I know there's a lot of culture beliefs to go against it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, like I already said, many, many things about our society need to change. And this is just one of them. <laughs> Yeah. Well, thank you very much. This is very helpful and hopefully can inspire a lot of, uh, of our, our listeners. And so near the end of our show, just to want to ask if, you know, anyone really enjoy your story, want to learn more about your channel, your business. Uh, I know it's possibly not totally related to sleep, but if people want to connect with you and find you online, where can they find you? Okay, cool. Um, um, my handle is at Isis, um, at Isis Chandler three times three. My YouTube channel is just YouTube, um, slash C slash Isis Chandler. Um, so you can find me on all social medias there. My YouTube channel, I talk a lot about, um, spirituality and, you know, healing from a toxic, um, abusive family, and it's taken me a lot of time to like get my mom's voice about life and the way the world works out of my head and having it, you know, like dropping the beliefs. Like she believed that you got up, you went to work from nine to five, you came home, you watched TV, you got up and you did the same thing. Anything great about life, you know, love was a scam. Nobody really fell in love. Nobody really had a happy marriage. You know, she had this horrible outlook on like, she was so afraid of failure that she didn't try anything. She didn't try to find love. She didn't try to find a career. I was raised with don't bother trying anything, which was her attitude towards life. And I have worked really hard to get that out of my head and, you know, believe in the possibilities that you can have a happy marriage because I do. I, I absolutely adore my husband. He's a wonderful, and his parents are wonderful. Um, and his nieces and nephews that I've got attached to are all wonderful. Um, and, you know, that you can uh, do something unconventional and different and make money at it. And if you're, you know, creatively oriented, you're not going to die homeless on the street <laughs> the way she would believe. So, yeah, it's been a constant. This has been whatever my, for whatever reason, my life journey has been like, 
this is what I was born into. Now, how do I go against everything I was taught as a child and do the exact opposite? It's been my life journey. So yeah, that's a lot of what my, my YouTube channel is about. So um, if, if you want to come over and check me out, everyone listening, I'd be so grateful. And thank you for having me on. I was so shocked when I got your message. I was like, really? You want to interview me? Yes, I would love to be on your channel. You know, I was so... I was so impressed with your your talk with Dr. Silverman. I, I searched her and I searched you and I was hoping one of you would be in my area um, so I could go and, you know, get some actual diagnosis, but nobody is. So I will, you know, if I need, um, if I need, or if anyone listening needs the, the what you're recommending for insomnia, is there a resource I can go to check that out? Because I would love to check mm-hmm. more about that out. Yeah, yeah, I can send you my insomnia course uh, information. It's a uh, I use a CBTI method, and uh, you can Google CBTI and find more information online too. Wonderful. Yeah, I definitely mm-hmm. will. I definitely will, and um, I'll tell my father-in-law all about it because, like I said, we're always sharing suggestions on what to do to make this better. Yeah, I for whoever listening, including you and your family, I strongly recommend the CBTI method um, because it's evidence based. I am a big buying uh, for like, you know, believer of uh, evidence based treatment. And clinically, I definitely found this is very, very helpful. Wow. Yeah. Wonderful. Can help, even help people reduce the dosage of sleeping pills and eventually stop taking sleeping pills. I have a lot of uh, patients with insomnia come in, already suffer from insomnia for 20, 30 years, been trying all kinds of sleeping pills. Like you said, build tolerance, not work anymore. Mm -hmm. And by learning the, you know, more useful cognitive behavioral strategies, it's a good way to replace it. Slowly, they rely on medication less and that's how they can reduce it, eventually get rid of it. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. All right. I'm checking that out as soon as yeah. we end our conversation. <laughs> and I'm telling my father-in-law about it immediately. I'm definitely, I want to know all about this now. So thank you so much for all your help. Yeah. And thank you for coming. And uh, sounds like your YouTube channel also covers some really important topics because, you know, family, toxic family environment, mm-hmm. how family impact us, how we internalize parents' uh, words, right? I'm a clinical psychologist, so I treat depression, uh, like anxiety and family issues mm-hmm. in my clinical work too. So I totally understand, um, like I, I can relate and think about some of my clients. It's really tough yes. and I'm happy you are doing all this to heal yourself and also help other people out. Oh. Really admire your work too. Oh, thank thank you, you for coming. so much. That's so <laughs> sweet of you. All right, well, I, I'll come back anytime, I would, you know you know, feel free to stay in touch with me. I think you're wonderful. Thank you so much. <laughs> you Thank have a, you. You have a wonderful yeah. day. You too. You too. Okay. Okay. Bye. Yeah. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for listening. The clips of this interview will be out on our YouTube channel at Man Body Garden Psychology. If you have any questions or feedback, please feel free to let me know. Welcome to subscribe our English YouTube channel. We will release more videos about sleep health, mental health, and sexual health in that channel. I'm Dr. Yishan. Thank you for listening. I will see you next time. Bye. Sleep is an individual thing. We all sleep differently, and there is so much we can do to improve sleep quality. Keep hope and carry on. 
This podcast is for general informational purpose only and does not include the practice of medicine or other health professional services. Usage of the information we share is at the listener's own risk. And our content does not intend to be a substitute for any medical and professional services, diagnoses, and treatment. Please seek professional health services as needed.